Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the season premiere of the DFD Blitz. And I'm your host, Nicholas Richard Vitale. And I'm in studio with one new face for the Bayfront Boys, Jack Costello, who is in Dayton, Ohio. Jack, how does it feel? I'm just honestly so thrilled to be a part of such a great organization. Could not be any more thankful. And we have a few familiar voices, Braden, all the way back home in Erie, along with Bryce Bone. Boys, what's going on? Happy to be here, Nick. Howdy ho, we're back. Now, uh, it's the, I shouldn't say season, series premiere of this BFB Blitz. And that is because the Bayfront Boys, we're expanding. We're expanding big. Braden, do you want to explain the schedule to the fans? Give them the quick rundown. Thanks for setting that one up, Nick. So here we go. Mondays, we will have, for all you real football fans, we'll have Joey Caverman, the European football. He will be hosting the Bayfront Boys soccer podcast called Bayfront FC. I'll be honest with you. I don't know soccer. Does that just stand for football club? Yes. Okay. So on Mondays, we got soccer coming out. (laughs) Tuesdays. We have baseball. It's getting to that time of the year. Baseball's getting relevant again. So we will have, I think, Jack, you're on that one with Aaron and Tom Boyd. Yeah, uh, the sure. Maybe Nick or Taylor might be on that one too. If we need, I definitely won't be unless the Pirates somehow make the playoffs. Wednesdays, we got the BFB Blitz. We'll be talking all things NFL with probably this four or – Joey will replace me. Thursdays, we have college football. Me, Jack, Aaron, and Tom. Um, And then last but not least, Fridays, we'll be coming at you with our Bayfront Boys betting. Um, So stay tuned for that. And with that, let's get the show rolling. It's a five-day week schedule, people. It's crazy. We're popping off. Constant content. So, you know, if you don't want to, if you're not a big NFL guy, listen to the soccer podcast. With that being said, NFL 100 this season. So, what better than to kick it off with NFL week two recap in one minute, 40 seconds, 100 seconds? Jack, take it away. All right, let's get this started. So we started off on Thursday with the Bucks Panthers battle of two awful quarterbacks. Bucks came out on top 2014. Next, we had the Lions upsetting the Chargers. Phillip Rivers throwing another temper tantrum. Lions 13, Chargers 10. Bengals back to reality for week two, not even giving the 49ers a game. 49ers 41, Bengals 17. Packers 21, Vikings 16. I don't have a lot to say about this game besides Kirk Cousins cannot win a big game. Cowboys Redskins 31-21. Dak still balling. Zeke, Zeke still eating. Bills Giants. Uh, Pat Schirmer already needs to be fired and they move on. Bills win 28-14. Bears Broncos 3 Bs. Bears beat Broncos 16-14. <laughs> Chiefs Raiders. Gruden crumbles. Patty Mahomes is really good at football. 28-10. Down in Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer could not guide the Steelers to a win on the snowy Christmas Eve night. Seahawks 28, Steelers 26. Cardinals Ravens battle of the Heisman winners as Lamar Jackson comes out victorious 23-17. Titans Colts Jacoby Brissett QB1 leads the unlucky Colts to a 19-17 win. And Jaguars-Texans 
Leonard Fournette gets stuffed like a Thanksgiving turkey on the two-point conversion. Texans 13, Jaguars 12. Patriots, Dolphins, AB impresses in debut. And Dolphins, they're tanking for two up. Patriots win 43-0. Saints, Rams, Drew Brees injured. The rest was history. Rams win 27-9. Eagles, Falcons, Eagles face many injuries. P.S. Julio is still a dog. Falcons win 24-20. Jets, Browns. Browns shut down Le'Veon Bell. OBJ balls out back home in the Meadowlands. Browns win 23-3. And that was our recap for the NFL Week 2. Stay tuned for our Week 3 week recap next week. And with that, let's get into the show, boys. So we're going to start this one off uh, comparing some young quarterbacks. Uh, Bryce, you're probably going to feel disrespected if you want to toss in uh, Josh Allen in here. Go for it. <laughs> but uh, so we're starting off with Lamar, Kyler, and Baker. Um, Three Heisman winners, baby. Yeah, I think um, we'll we'll definitely we'll toss in Josh Allen for you, Bryce. We'll help you out there. Um, with that, who do you think will we'll say have the best career? And uh, with that, Jack, let's get you started off early. All right. So uh, this is tough for me because I think Kyler's a little inexperienced, obviously, and his team is nowhere near where the Ravens or, I guess, the Browns are. So I don't think I can put him in the conversation for best career. And I'm honestly not a Lamar fan. I mean, I just – I don't see it. I think the defense carries them a lot. I know he put up, what, like almost 50 points and almost 60 points in week one. But – I don't know. It was against the Dolphins, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Baker here. I think the Browns are in a good place right now. They're rebuilding, kind of in a way, and they have a lot of weapons for Baker. He's just got to get going, I think. So I'm gonna go with Baker here. I'm not even gonna put Josh Allen in the conversation here. Bryce can do what he wants with it, but Bryce, take it away. Um, you're delusional. Um, if you had to rank the quarterbacks right now, it should be. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker. Uh, I wouldn't even put Sam Darnold on the list. The young quarterbacks, it's, it's so hard to game plan for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Uh, he, has, he has the dual threat quarterback with his arms and his legs. You have to pack the box because if you don't, Mark Ingram's going to pound you. Lamar Jackson will probably have the best career out of them because of how big of a dual threat quarterback he is. Josh Allen will be the best quarterback out of them. Nick? Team-wise. I I agree with Jack. I think Baker Mayfield's in the best situation. He has the best GM out of them, and John Dorsey. I think the Browns are just one head coach away from making a Super Bowl run. I just don't think Freddie Kitchens is their long-term head coach there. And it's only week two, so I could be wrong. But as of right now, I think the Browns are still – iffy i'm on the eight and eight nine and seven train with them but i feel like two three years if they get a like decent coach uh that would go a long way with baker mayfield so i see baker having the best career see um i think baker's kind of having a little sophomore slump which makes me a little hesitant two touchdowns four interceptions this season um but i'm a big lamar jackson guy i think his ability uh to run the ball he's working on his passing um I think he's looked great, not great as a passer, but definitely much improved this year. I think um, once they let him loose, which they're kind of doing this year, he's he's going to pop off. With that being said, Bryce, you've already touched on your bills. They're 2-0 and this year. 
Is this is this sustainable or is this just bad competition? Are you, if you're, I don't, do you want to start with me? Yeah, let's hear it. You gotta sell us. We're contenders. We are absolutely contenders. We have sixty minutes of Bills games. We have. We are contenders. We'll be in the playoffs this year. We're gonna be three and zero, having New England heading to Buffalo, which will be a huge game to take the division lead. The reason we're contenders, we have the number one defense in the NFL. Second reason, this offense is a brand new offense, and the pieces are starting to come together. Together, Devin Singletary, the rookie running back out of FAU, looks phenomenal. He's hitting the holes and going straight down the field. Looks like a, a running back that the Bills have always needed. Last year, the Bills won games with Josh Allen using his legs. Now they can rely on like running back to actually do his job. Where last year, Shady, I think career high in yards last year, I think he broke over 100 one game, which you just can't win games like that. So, have yeah. a defense hold. Offense put up some points. We're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> Jack, are you all in on Bill's Mafia? You know, I don't know if I'm all in per se, but I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now and I don't, I don't know if I can see them not being in contention for a wild card. I mean, they're playing the Dolphins twice. Obviously they play them every year, two times, but they play, I mean, the Redskins, the Bengals, the Titans. I just, I think, I don't know if I'm going to hype up the offense like Bryce is, but the defense is legit. And I think I could see them making the playoffs as a wild card here. Nick, are you worried Patriots might not be the division yeah. favorite? <laughs> That's uh, the least of my worries right now. But uh, the Bills, they've always – I mean, their defense is always – I don't want to say elite, but it's in the top half of the league every year. And this year, I think their defense is very good. Uh, but one person that always goes unnoticed – these last couple of years, I think, is Sean McDermott. I think he's a very good coach. And without him, I think the Bills could be a dumpster fire. But this year, they got a few new pieces, especially our receiver. They needed Cole Beasley and John Brown. And they've been playing well to start the year. And like Jack said, I think they will be a contender for a wild card. Uh, I mean, I think this team is better than the team that made the playoffs two years ago. Because I think Josh Allen's better than Tyrod. So I could see them going to the postseason this year with this team yeah i also have them as a dark horse uh for the wild card um i think it would be pretty exciting to see them beat cincinnati this week and have a home game versus new england 4-0 um winning that game might that might put them in super bowl talk uh, <laughs> but yeah i think i'm uh I think I'm in on the Bills this year, also looking at their schedule. I mean, if you look at it, too, it's a down year for the division, especially with Darnold has mono now. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Dolphins could legitimately go 0-16, but we'll save that for a few minutes. Um, but, yeah, I think this could be a good year for the Bills to uh, get back into the playoffs. Um, also, this week we've had uh, nothing short of news with Big Ben getting injured, Drew Brees getting injured, Eli Manning lost his starting job, um, Gardner Minshew, now the quarterback of the Jaguars. Am I missing anyone? Uh, we obviously have Teddy Bridgewater filling in for Drew Brees. I said we throw Adam Vinatieri in there, too. He's not hurt. He's just, what's going on? Adam Vinatieri, I, he did like have some cryptic stuff about how People thought he was going to retire uh, following Sunday's game. And I, I saw some reports that the Colts 
talked him out of retirement. Um, you know, Father Time is undefeated. But with that, we'll head to Pittsburgh. My Pittsburgh Steelers, can Mason Rudolph step up? I'll start us off. Um, I think he looked really good um, for coming in and playing in his first NFL game, first meaningful NFL game. He was 12 of 19 with 112 yards, two touchdowns. He did have one interception, but Dante Moncrief is incapable of catching a football this season. So I, I think Rudolph's going to get more comfortable. And also the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick, um, I think it's all on our defense. I think we have the offensive talent that could kind of settle him in, but I really think our defense is going to have to step up if we're going to try and make a run here. Yeah, I'll take off, I'll take off from there. But uh, I agree. I think the, the Steelers' defense really is just – it, it has not looked good at all this year, and specifically the secondary. I mean, you got T.J. Watt. He produces. You have Bud Dupree. Devin Bush has looked great. But Big Ben looked terrible those first two games, and I think maybe Mason Rudolph could be a spark they need. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to see the Steelers going to the playoffs, but I think if Mason Rudolph could get in there, get comfortable, like just with the league in general and getting meaningful snaps. I mean, he's he has a good arm. He played at a good college football school, and I think he's capable of doing something. So I don't know. I don't know if Big Ben's going to – because he still has two more years after this on his contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, so what's going to – I mean, I don't know. What's going to happen next year? What if Mason Rudolph just balls out this year? Then we yeah, that's... We tell Big Ben, uh, GG's, thanks for uh, all those years. Yeah, I was texting my one group chat just like, what happens if Mason Rudolph does play well? Are they moving on from Big Ben? Don't you have to? Like, uh, it, it's a tough situation. But anyway, Mason Rudolph did look. I thought he looked pretty good uh, in his debut, despite the loss. And I think other than Big Ben, really, the Steelers have a pretty young team. I know Braden. I mean, you're a fan, so you know more than I do. But they have Juju, Connor, uh, like Jack was saying, T.J. Watt, Devin Bush has looked good. They just got Fitzpatrick from the. Dolphins and I know they have Joe Hayden but he's kind of on the older side but other than that I feel like they have a pretty young team so moving forward if Mason Rudolph does look good I think that's when you move on from Big Ben and you'd get a draft pick for him but most importantly you lose that cap to space and you could get another valuable piece so we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh I think they're uh, gonna go right in the first hold on do you think uh, they're going to get seven this year, or what's going on? Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk after I see them play <laughs> week three. But stairway to seven, we're still climbing. Do you think it's a little postponed, real quick? No, we're still climbing. It's just right. a little obstacle we have to get over. I mean, it's still down. Maybe a youth movement. Same thing wasn't working. We gotta change things up around here. Bryce, you got anything? Yeah, I'll be quick. I'll be short and quick. Um, they have a very good offensive line. They'll keep him protected. James is going to have to run the ball a little more. But I think if Mason Rolf can make the simple throws, I think they can still be a competitor. I mean, I, they're they're a very well-coached team at times. Is Tom on a little loose? Yeah, but he he does get that team ready to play at times. So I think they'll upset a team. I don't know. I don't know their schedule too well, but. I think they'll upset a team this year, and everyone's going to overlook them. They're going to say, oh, they're going to lose big. 
and they'll upset a team. I think Mason Rolf will play well. I'm excited to watch him play. Um, kind of off the field now. Let's head into the uh, apparel. Gardner Minshew has more swag than anybody on this earth. And also, uh, more apparel talk. Cam Newton needs to consider his wardrobe. Um, yeah, what is going on, man? Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, and then doing you guys are haters. Uh, how how do you wake up and say I'm gonna wear this with this <laughs> scarf? Also, that is true. They lose the game and he's up there, and it was really funny when he said, "You know, I gotta look at myself in the mirror." And it, yeah, did you, like, <laughs> did you yeah. see that tweet of that one dude dying in the background? Yeah. He was completely yeah. geeking they, out. I yeah, was losing it watching that. And it's hard, like, especially when he's being serious about um, losing a football game. It's it's just a sight to see out there. And I think he should maybe um, have a change of clothes, you know. I love hearing the Russell Westbrook and Cam Newton, like, comparison. I think it's so, like, perfect. It's unreal. Just, like, the outfits, how they play, how they act, everything about it. I think it's so similar uh, to one another. That just my, find it hilarious. My favorite, my favorite story on this topic of the week was uh, hearing that Gardner Minshew before every game stretches in the locker room in only a jockstrap, nothing else. And I, I just, when you hear the name Gardner Minshew, what else do you think of? A jockstrap. A jockstrap. That's it. Yep. That's really it. <laughs> First thing that comes to your head. It is <laughs> the man with the mustache. Um. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew definitely has the juice. Um, he and he he, he looks pretty good. Like, he does honestly, look pretty good. He, he does. doesn't look that bad. If yeah. Jalen Ramsey can buy into that damn team, they're gonna be well. He, he looks good. Um, next, the Bears finally have found their kicker, who Eddie Pinheiro. How Eddie far Pinheiro. found the quarterback yet, though? Fifty, um, fifty-six, fifty-three. 53-yard field goal gets the Bears a very close win over the Broncos. They almost lost that game. They had a, a comeback with, like, I think they got they had, like, 30-some seconds left when they got the ball. Um, it looks like they are past the double-doink era. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, so, Eddie Pinheiro, is he, is he the Bears' savior, or is this just a one-time thing? I think that I think that first kick hitting that first like big time kick I think that does things for kickers heads I mean mm-hmm. next time he goes out there he doesn't have to think about the miss I mean I I don't know I I've never heard of the guy before this year so but I'm I'm buying in on Eddie Pinheiro you know as uh, Cody Parkey right now is trying out for the Colts just trying to find another job the Bears found themselves their savior and good for them. I mean, if you were a Bears fan and you watched that playoff game, do you know how devastating that would have been? I mean, Jack, Dude, you kind of experienced you it with Blair Walsh. Devastating tick losses. <laughs> Twenty-six yards. I remember. Are you kidding me? Um, while we're on the, we probably won't be talking about kickers very much anymore. So while we're on the topic, Nick, your boy Sam Ficken getting a shot. <laughs> Nick Rosen is the biggest hater on Sam Ficken, and it pisses me off. Sam Ficken, what a great story he is. He walks on. He struggled. I think he missed like five, six kicks. I forget who that that was against. But he struggled his, like, sophomore year. 
whenever his first season was with I think the. He struggled during those years where Penn State like wasn't bowl eligible. Yeah, but they just had a year, miserable team. Had like four or five game winning kicks. That dude had ice. So I'm happy for him. Great story. Great. Yeah, he also, Best he also had in, to follow uh, in the footsteps of. He had to follow in the footsteps of Joey Julius. I mean, that's <laughs> tough to do. Joey Julius. Those are, some, up, uh, those are some thick wait, shoes to fill. Those are some thick shoes yeah, to fill. He is the best kicker to have on your kickoff uh, unit because he boofed some people. Yeah, he, he, played. he, Michigan. Dude, he played out people. <laughs> he also took some boofs himself, though. That man, people really targeted him. Um, that's enough he about kickers. waiting for like, his eating disorder, I'm pretty sure. He had to like walk away from football to focus on his eating habits. So crazy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things are well for uh, yeah. Julius. Wish him nothing but the best. Next, Nick, what is more likely: the Patriots going sixteen and zero, or the Miami Dolphins going zero and sixteen? It's tough, but the Patriots look really good, but the Dolphins look even worse. I think the Dolphins. You know, I was kind of. Me and you were talking about, I think on week one, like Ryan Fitzpatrick could have one of those games where he blows up for like five, six touchdowns, like he did did with the Bucks last year, but that's not going to happen. Josh, they might be even moving in the Josh Rosen uh, era, but the Dolphins just looked awful in every phase, in every single phase there. They ended up punting like, I don't even know, they had like six straight three and outs, so, and their punter like, Oh, they're pumped for like 40 yards. Like every single phase of their team is god awful. I would say the Dolphins going 0-16 is more uh, likely. Nothing against the Pats. I love the Pats, but the Dolphins are just piss poor. I'm I'm with Nick. I'm going to say the Dolphins going 0-16. They still haven't. I think you need to put Rosen in. I I'm love Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you're going to go in this whole like we're a young team or rebuilding. <laughs> Just commit to Rose and see what you have in him. Is he starting next week? I haven't seen anything. I'm not too sure, but I don't but, like when it like, start Rosen, like anytime soon, maybe a few weeks with Fitzpatrick, because just get him some experience with your team. But, but maybe why why wait? Why why not just do it now? You you look how bad you are. You you put up what they they didn't score they're, last week, and they scored, what, 14 five, in week one? They're averaging five points a game right now. I, I, I agree with Bryce. I do think, like, um, Josh Rosen is more of your future than Ryan Fitzpatrick is, and your team sucks right now, but just getting him NFL experience, I mean, isn't going to hurt. But, I mean, like what's the point of Fitzpatrick? You're not competing at all. You might as well get your young guys some reps. I, I, I feel – I feel pretty strongly about Josh Rosen, and I think if Josh Rosen is the future of your team, then you're not going anywhere for a long time. So I don't really know what they're doing. They honestly might just disband as a franchise. They are terrible, and I, I, I would I would bank on them going 0-16 this year. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think the Patriots, just being the Patriots, get everybody's best week in and week out. Um, and I think going undefeated is very tough. They're just always due for one letdown, you know, like just one awful loss where everyone's like, oh, yeah. we're done. So, so they have a tough stretch, like at Baltimore, at Philly, then Dallas, Houston, and Kansas City, um, where I think they could lose one of those. 
Um, but I just think the Dolphins general, uh, their front office is full on ready to tank. And um, I mean, it's obviously the coaching staff probably doesn't want to do that. And the players on the roster don't, but with the players on their roster, they just, it's the players not- don't even want to be there, man. I never, yeah. They don't even play like Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake is by far the best running back on that team. And like, he barely played against the Pats. Like, I just don't even know what's going on. That'll just give us another segment in the near future. Um, could Clemson or Bama beat this Dolphins team? We'll see how many people they end up trading uh, before the trade deadline. But next, um, in our NFL 100 recap, I gave you the quick recap of the Jaguars-Texans game. Leonard Fournette goes for two. Doug Marone, um, not only did he have a little sideline spat with Jalen Ramsey, but he uh, big-balled it and went for the win, going for two. Clearly, probably didn't trust – I mean, not that he didn't trust Gardner Minshew, but um, just tried to get the win before taking it to overtime. So going for two. Do you guys like it? Do you love it or do you hate it? Uh, I'll just jump in real real quick. I think it just depends on the situation. It was a low-scoring game. Trust the defense. It's not like the Texans were doing anything special offensively. So why not? Like, just kick the extra point. Yeah, I, I, I have never been a fan of the going for two for the win, especially in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's kind of different in college, I guess. But I just don't see the point. You drove all the way down the field. You barely have scored. I guess some coaches would look at that and say, yeah, we barely scored. Let's just try and win right here. But you can't get in the end zone, man. Just just kick the PAT and hope for something in overtime. It would be a different story if it was like a shootout, 35-35, and like yeah, go was. for two for the win. But like it's a 13-12 to 12 ball game. Kick the goddamn extra point. Yeah, and uh, I think just getting kind of more creative than handing the ball up the middle um, on, on the play to win the yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, like, what what are they expecting on the two yard line? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, Bryce, I'm I'm all for going for it in that situation. Like, if you drove all the way down there, why not win the game right now? Trust your offense. I just don't like the play call. If you're going to go for that situation, get in the gun, have Fournette next to him in case you want they open it up and run it. But not why not spread it out and give him options? I'm all about going for the win. Just quarterback, situations. quarterback draw. That's what I would have called if I was Doug Murray. Nope. I, I would have went in the gun and handed it to Fournette. Just you go, got, all you needed is a push. You go Fournette in the backfield and the shotgun sticks. Tight yeah. end going to be open on that little curl route or you got the guy running the slant. Um, or make a guy run a drag route. It's almost unguardable. Um, next, the officiating. It just it makes no sense to me how college referees don't seem to mess up as bad as the NFL refs. Um, I personally almost lost a fantasy game this week because I have the Saints defense and oh my uh, Cam Jordan picks up the fumble. It was clearly a fumble and um, he ran it all the way back, but the refs are blowing the whistle dead. I don't understand the point of blowing the whistle dead. You have review, let the play. They always are told, let the play happen. You go through and review it. Um, that was a big... Big swing for fantasy. I mean, I don't know how much it impacted the game because once Breeze went out, the Saints offense really did nothing. They didn't do much with him in anyway. Um, yeah, we definitely have to clean up the uh, NFL officiating because it's at this point it's just miserable. Yeah, I've I've a 
I, I think they should make that – I think they should make it mandatory that you should not blow the whistle until the play – like, there's no other questions, you know? And so what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think that that should be something that should be able to be reviewed? Do you think that Cam Jordan should have been able to get a touchdown there even though it was blown dead? Absolutely. They, they blow the whistles way too fast. I mean, like, I also let the think, play like, finish. He, it's not like the um, Rams stopped. Like, they were chasing. Yeah, they continued to run. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I just think – I also, the replay, um, like I said before we started, um, the Steelers lost. I mean, they didn't lose, but they, on like third and long or some, maybe second and long, they uh, broke up a pass and then it was reviewed. Seahawks got a – they called the defense pass interference, moved the ball like 30 yards on the field. I, uh, I don't know if I like or love this uh, – this review thing, I kind of hate it right now. It's it's just new. It's weird. Uh, it definitely is going to take some getting used to. But it is I, very weird. I think that play, and I just don't know how you don't just let that happen. Um, it was clearly a fumble and just another bad uh, bad referee and Saints thing. I just I don't even know if refs know what a pass interference is. I don't. Need, I'm just unsure about it. I mean, the Vikings got. A touchdown called. That was a close game too. I mean, the Vikings could have won that game. They got a touchdown called back on a bogus receiver blocking downfield call. And I mean, they brought in Dean Blandino. Dean Blandino is one of my least favorite people in the yeah. world. But even he, Dean said it shouldn't have been a penalty. What is? What is? I always wanted to know his credentials. Yeah. What did he do? I want to know uh, how he made it to what he's doing now. Um, but Nick, you got anything on the officials, or they? I mean, <clears throat> you probably don't have any close calls seeing your team hasn't like given uh, touchdown. No, and- yes, I just never really. Okay, I get why they added it, just because the Saints could have been in the Super Bowl and they could have been Super Bowl champions. So I get why they added the review pass interference. The pass interference. This is where it gets too technical. They're like Bryce was saying before the podcast. They're bang bang plays. And I think it's tough when you go frame by frame. It's just like it gets too technical, and then like you're just everything's so iffy. The, you know what I mean? There's it's there's just, gonna be so many hands. It's not right. That's, it's football. I, there's gonna be times where you're hitting and making a play, and it's just so fast. It's, like I said, here's just an said, example, bang, like bang. in baseball. In baseball, so the, oh. they can like challenge plays and just say a player sliding in the second base. The runner might be there, but, like, just say his foot is, like, over top of the bag, so he's not technically on the bag, but, like, he got to the bag, and they hold the tag on. He's out because of the review. But, like, that's not what the review was meant for. Yeah, the review you, was, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not meant for. About, like, the game speed and stuff, and I think it's unfortunate of how blatant the call was last year in the playoffs where after that it was like, oh, we have to have that. Um, it was just so and, obvious last year. It was such a poor yeah. missed call. But so they're like, let's add it. Slow, now it's going to get too technical. If you slow down like that and you zoom in, um, it's, it's hard to – I mean, you could really see anything. I know, especially like you gave an example for baseball, um, back during March Madness, during the Texas Tech game. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember when they zoomed in on – like, I mean, you if you zoom in that much and you, like, see the ball going off that guy's hand, like, I don't know, it's – it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, I think I think they made the hardest job in the NFL even harder for cornerbacks too. Yeah, I mean they're just they're always in the spotlight. 
Always. They can't do it. <clears throat> they can't do anything. They can't like. They can't cover. They can't put their hands on a wide receiver or it's a flag. Like it's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Very hard to play def- defense and in the NFL this nowadays. This is just the gateway to. There's going to be five, ten years from now, from now, officials up in the box. Every single penalty is going to get reviewed. I guarantee it. That's going to be in the future because this is the gateway. This is the direction they want to go. Uh, we got to make. We need robots. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, birds are robots for the United States government. Why can't oh my birds rest <laughs> NFL game? No. All right, with that, really makes you think. To uh, the New York Football Giants, it is Daniel Jones's team now. Eli Manning is benched. He is now the backup. Daniel Jones was picked fourth overall. No, sixth. I don't know. Or something early. Second. He was picked second. Oh, I thought it was second. No, it no, was, he went six. Six. So they um oh, they kind of surprised right. everybody with this pick. I don't hate it. I think he looked kind of uh, decent in the preseason. I think he's getting a lot of unnecessary hate. I mean, he didn't pick himself for um you know to go that early. So say what you want about the Giants, but I mean, if they believe in him and that's your guy, you know, why not take him? But I I'm rooting for him. You know, I'm a big Daniel Jones guy. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna hop in on the Daniel Jones uh, train here too. I I don't know if I don't know if Eli was just that bad or the offensive line. I mean, I know they upgraded it a little bit, but I think Daniel Jones did look pretty solid in preseason. And I mean, what do they have to lose, really? I think get get his feet wet. Maybe maybe he balls out. Who knows? Yeah. Bryce, I'm uh, you guys on the train. I mean. Yes and no. I think it's time for the move on from Eli Manning. I think Eli's been so bad these past two, three seasons that it's like they should have. They drafted what that Webb kid, the Davis Webb. They drafted him early as well, and he never even got his, his shot. But I'm happy they're going to Daniel Jones now. They haven't looked good in two weeks. Maybe he's a spark plug. Maybe he finally gets Evan Ingram going, gets a running game going. I'm, I hope he succeeds. Next. Uh, Kind of like what all you guys were saying. Eli Manning's not your future. You're not. You're gonna go four and twelve, six and ten with them. Go to Daniel Jones, and Eli Manning's gonna be a great mentor for him. He's gonna be a good backup, probably one of the best backups in the league. So you could look at it that way. And I think Daniel Jones, he's gonna, he's gonna ball out. I'm gonna talk about Daniel Jones and the Giants coming up. So I'll kind of save it. For the next segment. Now, uh, getting into maybe not, not so much uh, teams hitting the panic button, but teams that are currently 0-2 right now. Out of those teams, which team do you think has the best chance of making the playoffs this season? Does anybody want to take that one away? You know what? I'll just pick up where I left off. I'm going to say the New York Giants. There you They're- go. Yeah, I think the New York Giants, they have a shot with Daniel Jones. Just from what I saw in the preseason, he looked very good. And I know it's preseason people, but they have Daniel Jones. You know, no one has film on him other than college. No one. I mean, so he has a, <laughs> he has an open slate, let's say. And they have Saquon. They have, they're going to, they have pieces for <clears throat> Daniel Jones. And it's up to him if he can work with them and do well. But I just, 
I like. I think they have the best chances out of any of the other L and two teams. Yeah, I'll hop in next. So I, I think the Giants have a pretty solid chance. I mean, maybe looking at a wild card, maybe. But I mean, they have a new guy back there, so you never know what he's gonna bring. But uh, someone I like here would be probably the Panthers. I know Cam Newton's banged up and has not looked well. Hasn't he's zero and eight in his last game in last eight games, but. When you look at the rest of the division, I mean, the Saints, Drew Brees is out for the year. Uh, the Falcons have looked okay. They're one one I mean, the Buccaneers are technically in first place in the division right now, one one two. And I think the Panthers could easily compete for the division because of the injuries and just the lack of talent in that division. Bryce? And my, my 2 and o, wait, are we doing 2-0 and o teams or no? We'll do that next. Bryce? Oh, okay. Uh, my team to make the playoffs is going to be the Jaguars. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew's at the win a game. Uh, what they play Thursday, they're gonna beat the Titans Thursday. They're gonna go on a little roll, win another game here or there, and then Foles is coming back. They said he's not on IR. He's gonna be back to play. If they can get Jalen Ramsey to buy in and stay and compete and play with that defense, we gotta remember that defense is the best defense in the league two years ago. So I'm gonna still stick with the Jaguars. Minshew's gonna get a win under his belt tomorrow. And what other quarterback would you rather have than Nick Foles down the freaking stretch? Big <laughs> dick Nick. Absolutely. And um, maybe a little bit biased here, but I just really don't love the 0-2 teams. Um, so, <laughs> with Pittsburgh, I think out of, all, out of all of the 0-2 teams, I think they have the most talent. I just think the defense really needs to step up. I think Rudolph showed that. He can kind of get the ball out and sling it around. Um, James, obviously we don't know the status of him going into this week. But uh, Samuels, you know, he seems like a guy who can uh, take a lot of that load from him. And uh, the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick, I think if our defensive backs can get it going, we have a good front seven. And uh, we could uh, beat some teams. But Jack alluded to it earlier. Now the teams that are 2-0, and who has the best chance of not making the playoffs after a hot two-win, zero-loss start? I'll start this one. I'm going to go with the, the Niners. I don't think they've, they've beat Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, and I just think Shanahan has game-planned very well. They haven't really faced adversity. Garoppolo hasn't looked what he did in New England. Um, they lost their starting running backs, McKinnon and Colvin Coleman. I don't think they're ready to roll yet. So I'm going to say it's the Niners. Who, uh, no, I'll go, I'll go next. Who's about, to, who's about to say the bills? <laughs> I'm not going to say the bills, but I, I think the Niners are pretty good this year. I think, I think Jimmy G looks all right. And they have the running, what's his name? Raheem Moster. He's he looks insane. I'm I don't know. Their division. I think it's Rasheem. Oh, Rasheem Most Monster. I thought they have three two and O teams in there, but I'm gonna. Oh, Raheem, whatever. Our Monster. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Ravens. I think I think the Steelers and the Browns both get their stuff together. I mean, the Ravens have played the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Like, are we are we really gonna drop our jaw at that? No. So I I think they could crumble a little bit. Nick? I'm sorry, Bryce, but I just think the worst 2-0 team is the Buffalo Bills. I just I think it's up to the Bills or Niners, and I think the Niners are slightly better. 
than Buffalo. And I, I don't want you to fight me. It's nothing personal. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. It's effort <laughs> all year long. I don't want to, uh, Just talk to me uh, when yeah. playoffs comes, and the, I guess the Bills are in it. Just yell yeah. at me. I, uh, I think the Bills do – they jump out, but I just think with how bad that division is, um, I'm also going to agree with the Niners. I, they just, I don't think they've played anybody stellar yet. Uh, Jameis Winston sucks, and the Bengals also just suck. Um, and the Rams and the Seahawks also being in that division, those are some tough games for them. And um, uh, they, they have the Steelers division on there, so I think that'll add uh, a few, that'll add three tough games. So I'm going to go with the Niners. Um, looking at individual players now, who is your MVP of week two for the NFL season? I will start us off on this segment real quick once I get my notes up. So I'm, I'm just, just going to go. I don't right. need my notes. I'm not going to do a player. I'm just going to say, uh, as a whole, the Patriots defense, they have not given up a touchdown in three straight games. The Rams in the Super Bowl, the Steelers week one and the Dolphins week two. I know the Dolphins, we talked about how freaking bad they are. But, hey, they gave up zero points. They had two pick sixes. I think they had four sacks. So they look good all around. Patriots defense MVP. I'm going to say it's Aaron Donald. Um, He was – he couldn't be blocked against the Saints at all. He was unstoppable. Ended up to Drew Brees breaking his thumb. He just – He's a man amongst boys. It's it's insane what he can do out of defensive tackle undersized. I love Aaron Donald. Um, My MVP. I, I'm ready now. So I'm going to go with Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver of the Chiefs. You know, everybody kind of was looking for that random Chiefs guy that'll break out. Uh, Sammy Watkins gets a lot of targets, but Demarcus Robinson – efficient six targets he had six catches 172 yards and two touchdowns he looks like a guy that could be a breakout player for this chiefs offense so um he is my mvp of week two jack on to you my mvp of week two did not get a w in week two but i'm gonna go with dalvin cook he had the best game of his career i mean he really kept the vikings in the game all by himself he had upwards of 140 yards and he looked really good in week one, too. He had over 100 yards then. So I hope he can keep it up. I mean, I'm really loving the way he's running the ball. Bring it back around. Least valuable player of week two. Jack, take it away. Oh, I will bring it back around. OJ it's a Howard. snake trap. OJ <laughs> Howard is so – he is always overhyped every year. And, I mean, Jameis Winston is throwing him the ball. Jameis Winston is not a good quarterback. O.J. Howard is not a good tight end. He had zero targets in week two. He, <laughs> he can't get open. Just, I just don't even want to have, I like, a great time. college career. He was just, like, the national championship game. The one year, didn't he just go off? Yeah, yeah he played, like, really well. And everybody was like, oh, he's, he's going to be the best tight end in the draft. Yeah, and he's terrible. Yeah, I think there was a lot of hype around him. He's like Alex Roberto Morgan Aguayo. would fight you right now. Um, yeah, shout out Alex Morgan. Uh, <laughs> Back around the snake draft. I'm doing Joe Mixon as my least valuable player. 11 carries, 17 yards. I know he kind of has a tweaked ankle, 
but 1.5 yards per carry. His longest run of the day was nine yards. The Bengals suck. He stinks right now. He's on my fantasy team. It's awful. Um, so he is my least valuable player. Nick, Bryce, whoever was in the, in the state. Me then, Nick. Uh, you can go down. I, my LVP is Deshaun Watson. Um, he needs to beat Jacksonville. He or they wait. They won. Yeah, they beat Jacksonville, <laughs> but he didn't throw a passing <laughs> touchdown. He didn't score. Um, he needs to take that final step in his career where they, and they put weapons around him. He has Hopkins, he has Fuller, he has Stills, he has a solid tight end. He has Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti, but when you go 16 to 29, 159 yards, and you don't put up any points, what are you doing to help your team win? He had the rushing touchdown, but he needs to, he needs to take that next step. And I've always been a huge Deshaun Watson fan, so I just want to see him succeed. Nick, back around with the snake. Do your league or LVP, and then we're bringing it back around with who our week three prediction for MVP will be. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my my L, LVP of week two is Jack. Uh, kind of highlighted how bad that Bucks Panthers game. I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey. He had 16 carries, 37 yards. For non-math majors, that averages out to 2.3 yards a carry. And he had the ball uh, at the end of the game, biggest play of the game, and he did not get the first down. He had, I mean, fantasy owners must have been pissed. He just struggled all day long. And I don't think the Bucks front seven is that impressive either. Uh, I mean, the Panthers look awful to begin with, and he really didn't help out at all. You said so much. His owner, fantasy owners, would be pissed. I am a Christian McCaffrey fantasy owner, and I am pissed. <laughs> there you have it. There you yeah, have I, it. I bet on the Panthers, and I was pissed. <laughs> um. So uh, my week three uh, MVP is going to be Dak Prescott. He has balled so far. He is playing the Dolphins at home. This is, I think, a four or five touchdown game and a perfect QBR game. Again, for Dak Prescott waiting to happen. Dak What's Prescott, a, lock it in. You know what the spread is on that game? Just a little yeah, curious. Minus like, 21 and a half right now. Oh, my goodness wow. gracious. <laughs> All right. Well, my, uh, my MVP for this week is Cole Beasley. The, the Cincinnati Bengals are horrific. The Bills are going to put their passing game together this week with knowing New England's coming to town next week. They're going to win big. The home opener. The Ralph's going to be rocking. Get ready. Cole Beasley is going to have himself a day. Are you going to be there? I'll make this. Um, I may. I might be heading down to Akron. We may be uh, having a uh, conference down in uh, our Akron headquarters. Headquarters. my MVP for week three, the new edition. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Minka Fitzpatrick, I think he'll be the MVP because I think Steelers' defense will not give up 30 points or 28 points. I think they only give up – I think I'll say they give up less than 20 points this week to the 49ers. They get the win, too. But Minka Fitzpatrick, I guarantee an interception. <laughs> I'm going to stay on the Steelers here, too. I, I'm going to go with Mason – 
Rudolph as my MVP of week three. I don't know if his numbers are going to be great, but I think he is going to come out of week three feeling awesome because the Steelers are going to get a win this week, his first career win. He's just, he's going to feel great and the Steelers are going to be happy with him. Steeler nation would go crazy if he got the win. Oh, we will. Um, before we wrap this up, we're going to wrap this one up with a feel good story. Jack, take it away. Tell us about David Quessenberry. I mean, the name just makes you smile. David Quessenberry. <laughs> he, what, what is not to love? He is a beast. This man, he was drafted in 2014 or 2015 in the sixth round of the Texans. And he was on the practice squad his first year. Next year, he was diagnosed with cancer. Battled it for three years without playing. Came back last year, was on the Texans squad again, got cut. Titans sign him, makes the 53-man roster. And what does he do as an offensive guard? Catches the first touchdown of the game. It was sick. The Titans lost. But in my mind, David Questenberry is a winner. Come on, give some claps up for David, boys. Big Dave. Big Dave. With that, why don't uh, you guys, everybody listening to this, we will. Let's tweet at David Questenberry and we'll get him on the podcast. We'll yeah, keep tweeting him until he comes uh, on. Hashtag um, bring him on. That's bring, our hashtag. Let's spread it, people. Questenberry to the Bayfront boys. That wraps up our first episode of the BFB Blitz. I think it was an absolutely electric debut for Jack on the Bayfront boys. And um, big things to come, everyone. Just wait. Big things coming. We will have our college football one. Uh, We are recording tomorrow. Um, But with that, that's all we have for you guys. And And uh, good night, America.